Welcome to Talking Friars. I am your host, Ralph Shockey. Joining me today is my co-host, Richard Scott. Uh, Rich, it's been a while, to say the least. Uh, it's been about a month. Uh, we didn't meet up over winter break, unfortunately, and maybe we'll do some winter break catch-up, you know, go through our breaks briefly, but we're glad to be back, nonetheless. Uh, Talking Friars is back. Uh, we're trying to shoot for weekly Friday episodes. We've got eight games to cover, with the Friars being 6-2 and two over their first eight Big East games. Uh, good start. Uh, you know, I'm laughing because I'm just so happy to be back and podcasting, and we were expressing that over break. But we're back, and I guess the first question before I, we get into the basketball talk was, how was your break? It was really good, really good. Did a lot of stuff, relaxed a lot too. Yeah. I mean, couldn't really ask for a better break. Did you work over break? I did not work okay. over break. I didn't work over break. I was just lazy bum watching basketball <laughs> over, you know. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of good basketball. Yeah. Happy to cover it today. Yep. We're back. We're back. Today. We are back. Very exciting. Very yeah. exciting. Um, We're really excited. We got all the students here. We got yeah, the students are back. At twelve or at two. Yep. So that would be a great yeah. game, especially with the Paul just being yep. Xavier. Yeah, that's so huge. That'd be a really tough game, but that's huge. We'll be at home, and you know, uh, the Amps been a pretty good place for yeah. us so far. Yep. So twenty-eight and one over the last twenty-nine games. Uh, I, you know, I thought going into the UConn game we were going to lose, but we didn't, which was great. Uh, but yeah, I think with the AMP we have one of the best home court advantages in basketball. Yeah, I mean, even though we're like a small like Catholic school, I think it's one of the biggest advantages, home court advantages that is in college basketball, and yeah. it's certainly a place uh, we win a lot and are looking to win tomorrow against DePaul. But I know you wanted to section the episode into our wins and losses and kind of to divvy yeah. it into that. Uh, do you want to start with the losses or you want to start with the wins? Uh, let's start with the wins. Okay. Let's start with the positives. Okay. I got to say, 9-0. 9-0 wins. Nine, nine straight wins. Yeah. That's a historic start for the yep. Friars. Yep. I mean, nine wins. Uh, I don't think in school history, I don't think we've ever had nine wins. No, yeah. Wrong, but. Yeah, and then we had sure, six yeah. consecutive wins in the Big East alone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know really that was a record. Started, that's a record. Yeah, for I think sure. that's the record. But yeah, started off really, really hot in the Big East, and I mean, if we had this episode like a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. it would be you know a little probably, bit worse. Yeah, a little bit worse. Yeah, yeah no, I, I can't can't complain with yeah. the way we started in the Big East. I mean, yeah. we had some concerns going into it. I mean, mm-hmm. our last episode, we sort of like you know out outlaid like our concerns our worries for the uh, big east going forward Mm -hmm. but i mean i think everything that we saw positive and really hoped for to happen i think happened in those first six games and right now we're sort of in like like a little lull and like a little you know uh on the downside but tomorrow will be a huge game that'll be a deciding factor tomorrow really must win game in my opinion must win yeah but you want to start off with the Seton Hall game? Yeah, we can start there. And I think one last point of what you were saying was we've expected everything, but I think we've actually expected an overachievement. Right. I don't think we both expected to start 6-0 and in Big East play. Like, I certainly didn't. You know, I thought Marquette would be a tough game. UConn, obviously. St. John's has looked better. Creighton. Uh, I mean, we lost that game. But I didn't think we would start 6-0, and so that's no, definitely a – Definitely an overachievement, but yeah. we can start with Seton Hall. Um, you know, it was our first game while we were on break. It happened on December seventeenth. Yep. yep, that's Saturday. Um, know, we sort of had like a little worries going into that because you know, before the break, we were talking about how Bynum really wasn't like providing as much as we thought, 
And I think Bynum, like, like those first games up until he got hurt in UConn, really was like that leader that we needed him to be. And sort of provided that leadership, that uh, expertise, that knowledge of basketball that he brought last year into the Big East play. And he sort of knew, like, the field. He knew the court, knew really what to do. And he really, uh, up until that UConn game, I think he was like that, that glue. So, yep. uh, and I think we're sort of starting to unravel a little bit after, after he went out in a UConn, as we saw in the St. John and Creighton and Marquette games. Yep. We did win St. John's, but we'll talk yeah. about that. But yeah. I think like the biggest thing with Bynum is because we've talked about it on this show before, like both of us have kind of voiced our concerns about him, like, oh, Bynum's struggling, you can't hit a shot, like whatever. It, it was like a down, upward, and now we're missing Jerry Bynum, and we're like, where is Bynum? We need him back. And the one thing we said about him was because of the other players around him, like Bryce Hopkins and Devin Carter, Ed Croswell, Noah Locke, Cluster Moore, et cetera, was that he didn't have to score a lot. You know? No, he didn't have to. He could just pass the ball. Right. And really he can just. He's got it going. He can just facilitate. And that's all he, needed, he needs to do in this offense. And specifically in the Seton Hall game, you know, he only had two points. Yeah. And we still end up winning. Um, Seton Hall led at the half 36-27, but then we outscored them 44-31 and ended up with a four-point victory. So, right. you know, it, obviously we're going to take it game by game here as best as we can, but this team dearly misses Jared Bynum and dearly misses his facilitation. He, all he needs to do is just run the offense. He doesn't need mm-hmm. to score. He doesn't need to put up these yeah. random three-point shots that he puts up behind the line way beyond the line but right. yeah this this game's pretty fuzzy for me i'm just looking at the box score too. right yeah, now I, I brought up bynum i think first being like i i think that his leadership in like those first four games mm-hmm. like were just felt yeah i think that everything like that we just sort of talked like negatively about going into the big east i think uh i i, I think he proved himself a little bit more so i mean we're looking to Looking to get him back soon. Yeah. But in this game against Seton Hall, Bryce Hopkins and Ed Croswell performed yeah. phenomenally. Yep. Absolutely phenomenally. They, Bryce Hopkins Up put up 24, team. Croswell put up 21. Mm-hmm. Couldn't really ask for a better game yeah. than that. And that's on, you know, like that's an offensive strategy that you and yep. I were talking about. Yep. Getting the ball down low, getting yep. into the paint. Um, as we can see with Croswell here getting the 21 points and. You know, Bryce Hopkins and Croswell, too, they get the rebounds. Hopkins with 10, Croswell with 9. I mean, we're, we're getting the boards, and I yeah. think the games that we get the boards and get in the paint, right. we're able to do that consistently and fluently. That's how you I win. I think that we can win. So. That's how you win. Right. Uh, one thing I've noticed over the break has been, like, if we don't get to the free throw line, then we lose That's the game. Thing too. Yep. We need to get to the free throw line consistently in order to win games. And... I think from from the outside, every game, you know, essentially Bryce Hopkins needs to have his A stuff. He's got to be on, and I think the second priority needs to be getting to the line. Getting to the line. Definitely. You know, I mean, free throw shooting was a concern at the beginning of the season, and now it's not so much of a concern. But I, I think I saw a tweet the other day or something or statistic, whatever, that we got again in the Marquette game, we got to the line 49 times, and Marquette only got to the line 19 times. Yeah. That's, that's a th- plus 30 difference in our favor. And it's really – it's a big ingredient to our success and in, in how we win games. And another takeaway I have from the Seton Hall game, well, two of them, is one – 
it was kind of the Bryce Hopkins coming out party in Big East play. Right. It was kind of his, his statement game, so to speak. Right. Um, I mean, Mr. Relevant, really. Yeah. I yeah, mean, he's really he's really shined in the yeah, Big East because in consideration for Big East Player of the Year. Yeah, and um, the Oscar Robinson or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award or, or something. I saw a tweet about it, like midseason award or something. Yeah. National recognition, to say the least, uh, nonetheless. There, but yeah, I mean, before Big East play, both of us knew how good Bryce Hopkins was, and you know, this is just the start of his dominant. Big yeah. East play, to say the least. I mean, he's just been dominant, and he, you know, he's looked like an NBA player. He is, and that's what Dan Hurley said after the UConn game. He says, "Yeah, you know, to paraphrase, you know, they have Bryce Hopkins, we don't." And he even called it an NBA player. Yeah. So I think Bryce Hopkins is going to be in the league one day. And right now, everyone in Friartown just has to cherish how much time he has right. left as a Friar. Right. I mean, I mean, he's I'm, only a sophomore. I'm, but I'm praying that'll stay another year. Yeah, at least, team, yeah. at least, because Devin Carter is also a sophomore. So, and those are true. Those are probably the two best players on the team. So, right. if we can keep him from the long haul with the recruiting we've done for, for the next two classes, uh, that'd be huge. I mean, we got Kayvon Mulready, who I'm really psyched yep. about. Um, but yeah, just trying to remember more from this game. Bryce Hopkins coming out party. Ed Croswell really proved he was the leader. He had a 21-point game, nine boards. Hopkins finished with a double-double. Uh, even Locke added 10 points. Locke added 10 points. He went two for four from three. Yeah. I think that that was sort of like the start for Locke, mm-hmm. too. Getting his groove shooting three points. Because as we see, I think up until pretty much like the, um, the Marquette game, which happened a couple nights ago. Yeah that Noah Locke is becoming our three-point guy. Yeah, no, he is. He's becoming our shooter. He is. He's becoming he our deep-range shooter. Yeah. And something that uh, stood out in the Seton Hall game was that we shot 38.5% from three. So, I mean, I think that, that that's an improvement from when we were in the non-conference games. Yeah. Because that's something that we also right. mentioned before. We voiced coming, that for sure. that we are not a three-point team. Yeah. And I think that we said that because we didn't trust anyone shooting three no. points. I, I could confidently say now that Noah Locke can shoot three. No, he can. He could shoot. He could shoot three pointers, and he, he can. can make them. Yeah, he can make them with, with yeah. defense right in his face, the open, everything like that. Of course, the exception of the Marquette game, which yeah. I think he he sort of missed like a few of those. Yeah, that was bad. Wide open that was bad. But I mean, besides that, I mean, Noah Locke is is emerging as that number three, in my opinion. Yeah. You got the Hopkins, Carter, one yep. and two. Yep. The double right there, and then you got Noah Locke emerging as the mm-hmm. three, and, and he I really. Think he, he really, yeah, came out in the St. John's and you kind of, we'll, we'll, we'll get to those. Yeah, games, here's my thing about Noah Locke is, is that he's very streaky, and he's mm-hmm. this year's A.J. Reeves. Yeah. And my thing with Locke is, like, at home, he seems to be on. And when he's on, he needs to be on the floor. Mm-hmm. On the road, he seems to be a disaster. A little bit. And when he's a disaster, he's also a defensive liability. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, like, he needs to play much better on the road, obviously. And I guess a question I pose to you, Rich, is like, how much do you want to see him on the road? Like, do you want to – I mean, you know, he's one of our starters. So, I mean, right. I don't know who else you would play for him. I mean, maybe you put Pierre in as a spark plug or a breed or someone. But my main takeaway is, like, he's great at home when he's going. He's terrible on the road when he's a disaster. And I want to pose to you, like, kind of where you stand with Noah Locke right now. I mean, I, I completely agree with you there. I mean, at home, he's been lights out. Mm-hmm. He's been lights out. And, I mean, pretty much besides the Creighton and Marquette games, he's, he's 
been on. Yeah. Like, I think the DePaul away game, the Butler away game, I'm pretty sure I think he was shooting pretty well in those yeah. games as well. And, I mean, like, those were away in all the home games. So, I mean, I, I still have confidence in him. Mm-hmm. I think that he's a really great shooter. I don't really know who would replace him. Yeah, I don't think we have a better three-point shooter on the team. He's probably right. our only good one. <laughs> I, I think the only, I mean, answer that I could, like, really propose in this situation would be um, if we get Jared Bynum back, I think mm-hmm. that we could have the, you know, like, the plays, and we could get sort of, like, the offense to, like, center around, like, Noah Lockwood yeah. to get him a little bit more open right. and take some better looks. You know, mm-hmm. but I, I think I still have trust in Noah. Yeah. I mean, defensively, he does have a little bit of work to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't really see who else could really replace him in that aspect of shooting. Yeah. I don't think we have a better three-point shooter than him on the team. And, like, from what I've noticed over break is, like, we draw up plays to get him open in the yeah. corner because that's where he hits his shots. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, you've probably seen this, but, like, just, like, straight in front of the line, he doesn't do so great. In, in the corners, that's that's where he specializes, and we make plays designed for that. So, I mean, there, the problem is that we have no better option than him, and he's very streaky, and defensively he's not so great. But when you can get 10-plus points out of him, that's a win. And when he's on, you know, he can get into the, you know, 20 range even. But, you know, Based on the Seton Hall game, our, our top leading scorers were Bryce Hopkins with 24, Ed Croswell with 21, and then Locke with 10, and then that's really where all the scoring came from. Yep. But yeah, I'm trying to rem- I'm trying to remember the game. I don't yeah, really have any other big takeaways. Oh really? I didn't really watch, but I like watched all like the recaps and all oh, that. Oh wow. But uh, yeah, I, I don't really remember anything else besides yeah, it was, right it was like break. a. Bryce Hopkins yeah. coming out game. Crosswell had a great game. Proved yeah. he's the leader. It was nice that yeah, Locke think, put up 10 on the road. I think overall, like, I think that, that was a game. Like, Not many people were expecting us to really go into uh, New Jersey, into the mm-hmm. Prudential Center, and take home a win. Yeah. I think that a lot of people were expecting us to you know, lose that game and sort of not have that, you know, have the standing that we have now and like the recognition that we yeah. have now. I think a lot of people were really doubting us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that provided the spark yeah. to like the, like the start that we had. Right. And I think this is a good transition to go over to the Marquette game. Yeah, now, sure. Which we won in double overtime. Great game. That was a Amazing fantastic game. game. Amazing We game. won that 103 to 98. And yeah, to, re- to reiterate like the last game, I mean, Bryce Hopkins really making an impact on our team. Mm-hmm. Really shining in the Big East. He's finding his talent. I think Cooley's like really pulling out the talent like out of this guy. Mm-hmm. And he's really like making him become like the player he is. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Absolutely fantastic. This game. I think he got a. This was the game that he got his career high twenty nine yeah. points. Yeah. Yep. And played absolutely phenomenally. Yep. He definitely had a A plus game. And was definitely yeah. the best player on the floor. I'm just looking back to the box score. I remember the game vividly. Um, I was stressing very much during overtime and double overtime. But I'm just looking back at the box score here, and if you look over to the Marquette side, Tyler Kolek, who was one of the best point guards in the country and who killed us the other night, he dropped 29 points. And one big concern that we have with the team is that we don't have enough size and height to defend You know, the Klingons, the Nogos, um, Kulk Brenners. Uh, Soriano's, what have you, in the Big East. And Cameron Jones dropped 24 points. 
And we won a game where Kolek dropped 29 and Cameron, Cameron Jones dropped 24 and we were still able to win. And uh, Igadora dropped 15 as well. But, and uh, David Joplin had 18. But my takeaway is Kolek and Cameron Jones both went off and we were still able to win the game with the size and height disadvantage. Granted, it was in our building, yes. Granted, it did go into overtime, double overtime, yes. But what we were just talking about in the Seton Hall game is the big three that we have. Yep. And if you look over to our box score, our big three, with Bryce Hopkins leading the way with 29 points, you have our number two in Devin Carter with 20. And you mentioned how you have Noah Locke as your number three. Right. I, I Sort of, you can interchange uh, Ed Croswell in there too. But you yeah. might want to move Croswell up to the number three slot as he had 20 points. He had a 20. And so... What I'm really getting at is our big three has to not only get to the free throw line enough and Hopkins has to be at his best or near his best, our big three needs to outscore the opponent's big two or the big three that they have. Right. And that's what we displayed here at home in double overtime. Right. I think Croswell played a great game too. Mm-hmm. Got, got the ball down to him in the paint, especially as you were saying with the, with the height that they have. Yep. And, and Jones and uh, Kolek, I mean, yeah. hey, Croswell was just able to do it that game. Yeah. And, and this was something that we didn't see in this game that we right. just played. But yeah, I mean, that was Croswell right. played just, he just played great. And, I mean, to go back on Hopkins, he got 23 rebounds. Mm-hmm. That was, That's crazy. It, That's crazy. crazy. It's, it, it's double, insane. Double, double. And Hopkins, Carter, I mean, everyone just performed at their best. Mm-hmm. This was like the first time that I – you know, I, I felt like, wow, we have so much talent on our yeah. team. Like this, I, yeah. I felt it. And, you know, going into the UConn game, you know, people were sort of like doubting our team. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, like, we got to take a look mm-hmm. at the players we got. Because mm-hmm. we, as you were saying, like, yeah. we got like the main three, pretty much four, you know, mm-hmm. with Locke in there, Locke included. Yep. I mean, really, we're, we're a pretty solid team in terms of our starters. Yeah. And buying them in this game, he dropped 16. Yep. He got three assists, eight rebounds. I mean, for someone his size to get eight rebounds too. I mean, like that's that's, that's pretty, valuable. Pretty insane, yeah. Really uh, even uh, even Breed dropped thirteen as well. Yeah, Breed. And I, I, I think Breed was playing better as a yeah. backup. But yep, I, th- I think he's I think he's done a pretty good he's job. He's done a great job. He's done a great um, job. He's he's not where like Bynum is when he's in the court, but he's done a good job. I, I've been happy yeah, with him for the most I've part. Really, I've been really happy, right? Um, I'm just looking at the minutes split here, so. Bryce Hopkins led with 47 minutes, Croswell at 40, Carter at 42, Bynum at 41, Breed at 35. But then after that, it's really a minute drop to Locke with 19, Moore with 9, Pierre with 9, Castro with 6, and Floyd with 2. And so, you know, that was kind of that was kind of our guys. Croswell, Hopkins, Carter, Bynum, and Breed really, really led the way for us. And it's really nice to see that in this game specifically, both Bynum and Breed were able to put up double digits. Right. Uh, really, really valuable there. I think one huge takeaway from this game, and you can take a look too, mm-hmm. for, we shot 49 free throws. Yeah. We got to the line yep. 49 times. This is the game where we shot 49 and they shot 19, right? Right, they shot yeah. 19, yep. yep. And we made 35 of the 40, but those are 35 Pretty much free shots, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yep. Where, where we got the time stopped and we were able to, you know, like just recoup and yep. get get things going. Offensively, mm-hmm. I think 
if we get to the line and we shoot like at the line like multiple times, like yeah, twenty plus, like we're we're, we're pretty good. We're in a good spot. We're in a good. We're spot, in a good spot. Right? It's a necessity with how our team plays and with how like physical we are. It's a necessity to get to the free throw line if we want to win. Um, this this kind of reminded me of the UConn game last year. Um, it was kind of – well, it reminded me a lot about last year because it went into double overtime. But it was kind of like a like a coming out game. You know, it would be the 20th seed at home coming off a close win versus, versus Seton Hall. But when you have Croswell in double figures, Hopkins double figures, Carter double figures, Bynum double figures, Breed double figures – like what you were saying with, okay, wow, you know, this team is really talented. It can go places. This was the determining factor for me. Right. And we were able to do it in our home building. So this was a big win. It was kind of – it was a stepping stone and a confidence booster into the rest of our Big East games so far. Yes. Uh, do you we have any other takeaways? Really shot, shot us forward. Yeah. And no, for sure. It gave us a huge momentum boost. It did. Because – We went away for the next two games. Yeah, so – because that that would be t- that was two and zero, and then we won four more games. So yeah, I mean it was really the spark plug. It was. Uh, do you have any other takeaways? Oh, that's pretty much it. So that's 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 Marquette double OT. Um, now we'll move on to Butler. Yeah. This was on my dad's birthday, so happy belated birthday to my happy father, birthday. who will be listening after we conclude this. But anyways, yeah. Uh, Butler. Uh, Twenty point one. Yep. Uh, outscored Butler 46-18 in the first half, and then they outscored us 34-26 in the second with a 72-point total for the Friars and 52 for the Bulldogs. And, yeah, Devin Carter, speaking of that. Devin Carter, <laughs> the star player of this game here. 21 points. I mean, just really offensively performing really, really well. Um, Croswell, too. We got the ball down in the paint. Yeah, Croswell's cleaners. And Bynum also in the double digits, scoring 11. Mm-hmm. And Bynum got seven assists. Yeah. So really, yeah, I, I that. think that that leadership is what really helped us win these games, mm-hmm. was uh, Bynum's leadership. But yeah. Uh, obviously nice to see a 20-point victory on the road in, in Butler in a place that's pretty hard to play in. I don't think uh, Big East fans give enough credit to Butler's home court advantage yeah. and the, the field center. Or whatever it's called, but yeah, I I recorded this game and I paused it. Uh, we were eating during the game. We had we had Philly cheesesteaks for my dad's birthday. And we were eating during the game, so I had to like go back and fast forward and, and watch the whole thing start to finish. But yeah, I think you said it. I th- I th- this was the Devin Carter game, you know, and we've spoken about it on the show before that he is so valuable on the defensive side of the ball. He is that glue guy on the defensive side of the ball who you know is going to lock up the opponent's best player and do the best job he can and look like one of the best defensive players in the country and one of the best best transfers in the country for that matter. And not only is he so valuable defensively, but he is like a human highlight reel bat out of hell every he time is. you watch him play. He is. He is such a freak and bouncy athlete, and he's great. He's got great eyes for steals and interceptions and dunks and layups and just the yeah. the bounce in his feet. Like yeah, there was actually one play in the Paul game where he stole the ball, mm-hmm. alley ooped it to Bryce Hopkins. Yep. Like one of the best plays I've ever seen. I saw him <laughs> re- replay like <laughs> ten times. It was absolutely insane. But yeah, Devin Carter, it, it, up and down the field, like it, the guy doesn't run out of energy. No. 
He runs, no. never runs out of energy. And he plays damn near close to 40 minutes a game. And this yeah. game specifically, he had, he had 34 minutes. But he is just so fun to watch, and he's one of those guys like Hopkins that you can just depend on and have trust yeah. in. And you know he's going to be fine. He's, you know he's going to defend the opposite, opposite uh, opponent's best player. But, yeah, this is really like, like Hopkins in the Seton Hall game. This is really Devin Carter's coming out game in Big East play, and he really made a name yeah. for himself. Uh, I mean, even when Hopkins is not performing at the lab, like level that we need him to perform at, mm-hmm. we got Carter. Yeah, Carter he picks it up. up. He picks up the Carter slack. Carter steps up, he and picks then, up the you slack. Know, Hopkins becomes that number two guy, and sometimes that we need that. Yeah. Sometimes it's necessary because sometimes, you know, like the, the defenses will cover Hopkins, and we saw that in the uh, St. John's game mm-hmm. where they, I, I think Hopkins had zero in the first half. Didn't even, like, they didn't let him score one time. And I think Noah Locke and Carter, like, stepped up, and they yeah. were, like, the ones who were... Yeah, because Locke really had a big perform. game. Yeah. But, you know, I, th- th- this game really proved that even if Hopkins is not putting up the, the 20-plus points, yeah. getting, like, the, the video game numbers that he did, yeah. or 20-whatever amount of rebounds <laughs> he did against Marquette, an absolutely insane amount against Marquette, we have, we have Carter. Yeah. And I think that that was something that really stood out from this game, mm-hmm. was Carter could be that main guy yeah to be. yeah and he's going to be the main guy on the defensive side of the f- side of the ball too so it just it just speaks to how valuable he is as a player and I remember in one of our previous episodes I said Bryce Hopkins isn't our most valuable player I said Devin Carter is because of what he's able to do on the defensive side of the ball and I said if we lose Devin Carter that's going to be a bigger impact because of what he's able to do on both ends and, you know, so far he's proved that in Big East play. Couldn't be more happy about his play so far as a number two. Um, but, yeah, that was really the, the Butler game for me. It was just really Devin Carter. So, yeah, we improved to 3-0 in the conference Yeah, play. that was 3-0 in Big Great East game. play. And I think pretty much the last comments that I have about this game were we got in victory formation. Kieran O'Hare. <laughs> you always love to bring I up that. I love to bring that up because it's like it's, sometimes it's rare, and especially in uh, Biggie's play, you don't see it too often. Oh, Kieran, uh, just, Kieran did not. No, they had, they had he, no I minutes. Did they enter? Yeah, they did enter. From the box score, it doesn't say they entered, but did they enter? I don't know. Did but they yeah, enter? no. No, speak to them. It's him. always nice. No, it's always good it's to get them, nice have airtime on the show. Yeah. Uh, I think that came. I don't know why it doesn't. It was have, either this one or the uh, DePaul game. Or DePaul game, but check it out. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, you always love to talk about those two guys. Yeah, no, they they, they answered. They did. Okay. Yeah. It says zero minutes, but they got. Like, uh-huh. I think like the last like play. <laughs> yeah. Got any takeaways from their performance in the X Great amount job. of seconds they played? Or? Um, yeah, I think that just about does it for the Butler game. Butler. Uh, and then we'll shift to, to DePaul. DePaul on the road. We improved to 4-0, 174-59. to Once yep. again, Devin Carter being the star player mm-hmm. of our team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I actually didn't watch this game because I was watching the Giants clinch a playoff berth against the Colts at 1, and this game was at 2, I believe, so it was kind of right in the middle of it. Um, or maybe I fast-forwarded through it, but yeah. Um, just kind of looking at the box score, Devin Carter stayed hot with 22 points in 28 minutes. Very efficient. Uh, from the Butler game, Hopkins only had six. He boosted it up to 12. Uh, not what you'd love to see, but, you know, I consider that kind of like an off game from him. I don't 
But and Carter stepped up. Yep. So once again. Really matter, yeah. Once again, Carter stepped up. And you even had Bynum had 18 points. Bynum had 18, yep. And Crosby only had five as a you know, number three, four guy, whatever you want to call him. But, and then, you know, Noah Locke only had six points. So, once again, it proves Devin Carter's value. It proves how he's able to pick up the slack when these other players have, have off, off games and off nights. Um, yeah, Devin Carter, Devin Carter stays hot. Yeah, five steals, four blocks. I think he's the best defensive player on our team. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. He certainly cemented that from, from day one and even sure before did. Biggie's play. So, Devin Carter, the bat out of hell, stayed hot in this one. And the Friars were able to get a 74-59 win over the DePaul Demon Deacons, Blue Demons, on the road. Um, I just want to mention something, though, because that's one road win against Seton Hall. Two road wins versus Butler. Three road wins against DePaul. And, uh, I mean, we'll get into it, but I'm starting to have concerns that this team can't win on the road. But, I mean, when we start 3-0 on the road in Big East play, that makes me feel a little bit better. But now we will shift to the big one. The biggest one over break so far. I think the biggest game of the year. Biggest game of the year so far, yeah. Yeah. Uh, between UConn and Providence. Uh, going into this game... I wasn't too confident. I was very worried about Klingon and Sonogo and our height and size disadvantage. But, I mean, once again, we talked about it earlier on this episode, is our home court advantage right. in the Big East play and our home court advantage in general. Right. And even though the students weren't gone, I, I was at the game. Yeah, I saw you on the TV. Yeah, yeah. I, I got a few text messages that, was on the, <laughs> that I made on TV, but... It just goes to show, even with the students gone, one of the best home atmospheres oh, yeah. and environments in the college basketball. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I wish we were there, obviously. But oh, I wish I was there, too, yeah. Getting into the game, um, it, it was a close one after the first half, 33-30. Uh, the Friars led by three at the half. And I think I, t- I was texting you during the game, but uh, now I'm just trying to remember my first half takeaways. Um, first thing that comes to mind is Bryce Hopkins had another monster game. Uh, 27 points, five rebounds. Crosby with a double double. 13 points, 13 rebounds. And Noah Locke, too. Yeah. Noah Locke, Locke had a good three game. 50%, three for six. Six for 11 from the field. He shot pretty damn well in this mm-hmm. game. And I think that this was really the breakout Noah Locke game. Yep. It was truly like the breakout Noah Locke yeah. game. Hopkins, once again, becoming the star, star yep. player that he is. He came back from, like, the, the little slump that he had in the uh, yeah. Paul and Yeah, six points and 12 but points. He really, he came with vengeance yeah. to this UConn game. And yep. really, I mean, the, the, this, this game that we played against UConn was the best-looking team that I think yeah. we've had. Yeah. And really, like, to me, there was no complaints, like, whatsoever. Just great basketball. Yeah, I think it's definitely our best game of the season. Obviously, based on a point opponent, excuse me, and how and how we looked. And you mentioned Noah Locke, and I'm thinking of you know me going crazy at the game and watching it. And it was it was the you know like we've said you know first it started off with you know the Bryce Hopkins statement game, and then it shifted to Devin Carter statement game. Right. And now this was the Noah Locke X Factor game. Right. This and St. John's. And 
if Locke wasn't able to put up 17 points, we'd have lost the game. Right. Because this was the game that Bynum went out. To. Yep. This was the game that Bynum went out. Bynum that is a great out, point. Like halfway through the first half, I was like, "Oh no." Yeah. Because because Bynum had such a good game against DePaul mm-hmm. that like I was I was worried. Like I didn't think that we could get anything done. But I mean, Bree came came out, got three assists for us. I mean, he played he played the role pretty well. I mean, mm-hmm. he did what we needed him to do. Yeah. I think he stepped up and really filled in the shoes that mm-hmm. Bynum has. And yeah, I. Great game. Yeah. UConn Huskies, I got to mention too, they were ranked fourth. The yeah, fourth at the best time. team in the nation. Yep. They were, I believe, 14 and 0. Or no, no, yeah, they were. 13 and 0, 14 and 0 at the time. Yeah, no, they, they were 14 and 1. They just lost to Xavier. Mm-hmm. Right after they played us, uh, they, or right before. No, they yeah, they, us, they had yeah, one they loss were, going they, into the game. They yeah. lost to Xavier. And I think that they sort of went into our game. Sort of like a little bum that they yeah. had, like their first. I was concerned that they were pissed going into the game. I'm like, oh shoot, you know, right. UConn's pissed going into the game. Not what we needed. Right. But what were you saying? Sorry, I cut you off there. No, no, no. no. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I, I just think that the their loss to Xavier was like the start of their downfall. Yeah. Because then it came to us, and we just. I, I think Xavier only beat them by like a single digit, maybe mm-hmm. like four or five. It was points. close. Yeah. It was a pretty. I was close watching game, that game. We we. Played them and beat them by 12. Yep. I think this was a huge yeah. statement game for the Friars. I don't think anyone was expecting it. No. For what was the second best team in the nation like a week before they played us. Yeah. I mean, I'm just really proud of what we were able to do in that game. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. yeah, just sort of go go against what everyone was thinking that, you know, we're not all that. And yeah, we're we, not good. We, we have no chance really against UConn, um, Creighton, Creighton, Marquette. Yep. And, yeah, I, I, I think that it was just a great statement win. Great team win, too. Yeah, no, great team win. And, you know, Breed had 30 minutes, yet he only scored two points. And I thought he did get a, did a good job. And yeah. really with these Cooley point guards, it's really just being a facilitator. You don't need to have these 15, 20, 25-point games. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, my biggest takeaway was Noah Locke. You know, over break so far. Carter's had his game, Hopkins has had his game, and now Noah Locke had his game. And this was the Noah Locke arrival game for me with 17 points and multiple three-pointers. And the thing with his three-pointers is they came at a very timely time. They did. And at a time where we really need him, and they hit it. Where we needed that spark. Right. That energy. That spark, exactly. And when he hit them, you know, the building and atmosphere and environment went crazy. Oh, yeah, I wish I was there. And without, with, without Noah Locke's 17-point performance, we definitely would have lost the game. So certainly our biggest win of the season. Yeah. And, and we, we, were all, we were able to overcome UConn's size and height disadvantage. The Sonogo Klingon. Yeah, we were able to overcome it. He came came from uh, Bristol Central, which was uh, like the high school, like a mile away from mine. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) he's so tall in person. Yeah, it's crazy. Seven two. Seven two. Yeah, absolutely. But we were able to stop their height. Yeah, I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, it was insane. And uh, another takeaway from this too, we got Hawkins in foul trouble early too. Yeah, that's something that. I think our team really took advantage of was UConn's fouls. And we took advantage of those really, really early. Yeah. Because we end up shooting 35 three throws and we only missed six of them. Yep. So that's a key. I think that that was a huge key to our win as well, was getting to the line. Getting to the line. That's a necessary ingredient for wins. Against UConn and get them early too. Because yep. I think we went to like the, 
we went to the bonus like with seven minutes left in each half. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, just an amazing team win. Amazing. I couldn't have been happier with the outcome. And yeah, I think another portion of it was we were able to hold Andre Jackson to only three points. He's yeah. kind of like UConn's Noah Locke, so to speak. They're kind. Of, he's kind of their their X factor, and when he's gone, UConn's got a pretty damn good shot to win the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, we didn't talk about this. We haven't talked about this game really defensively, besides mm-hmm. overcoming the height and size advantage. Like our defense looked really good. Looked really good. Definitely the best defensive performance of the season. Obviously, what was most impressive to me was how we were able to overcome, you know, the Twin Towers and Klingon and Sonogo. And, you know, credit to Ed Croswell and Clifton Moore for, for really bringing their A game defensively and, and giving us opportunity to score the ball on the uh, other side of the court offensively. Right. So, biggest win of the season so far, knocking off the number four team at the time. Uh, they've fallen down to 15 now as we're recording, but... That was kind of the game to me where it's like, okay, you know, coincidentally enough, like the UConn game last year away, okay, this team is really good. It has potential. It has a big three. It has a multitude of scoring. And the team can go places. We got talent. So this was a really good win, encouraging win, biggest win of the season, momentum builder. You couldn't ask for anything more in this win. So that was certainly, certainly the biggest one over break. We got that dog in us. Yeah. Not UConn. No, no, no. The Huskies no, don't have a dog. I think UConn lost, what, four other games since us? Yeah. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. UConn's, I don't know. If, I don't think they'll be ranked too much longer. And uh, Dan Hurley yeah. didn't get ejected or wasn't given a technical, so that's that's good. Uh, her, I mean, uh, Cooley with another win over Hurley, yeah, so Hurley. that's always good to oh, see. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah, and that brings us to St. John's. Uh, Providence was able to squeak out a three-point victory against the Red Storm on Saturday, January 7th. Uh, it was a close first half, with St. John's actually up one at the half, 40-39. to 39. And going off of that, that's something that worried me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think going into that game, like we were, only, we were like 8-1 and one when like leading at halftime. And I was like, oh, man, if we're not leading, like what's going to happen? Yeah. You know, like that's something that really worried me like a lot. But, as I'm sure you were just about to mention, we ended up pulling off the win. Uh, we outscored them in the second half, just barely. And, yeah, I, th- this was a game that they, they stopped um, Hopkins. Yeah. They stopped him in the first yeah. half. He had zero points. Zero points. So that's the first team that I had seen, mm-hmm. non-conference, conference, that was able to actually stop Bryce Hopkins. Yeah. Like they figured him out. It's like like teams like the NFL when they figured out Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Know, like, well, I don't right. know if Mahomes was figured out yet, but uh, at a point know. he was figured out. Yeah, that, that, that's an argue for uh, another, another podcast. Day. Yeah. <laughs> Not talking prior, yeah. but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, going off of that, this uh, this was the worst game Hopkins had in Big East play, and St. John's yeah. d- up until the St. John's game, St. John's defended him the best. Out of every other opponent, uh, he, he certainly got got uh, shut down a little bit. Um, St. John's defended him really well. Credit credit to them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and something we've mentioned so far this episode is when Hopkins isn't going, who's going to step up? And look no further than Devin Carter, delivering a 19 point performance with five assists and five rebounds. And yeah, you know, 
I've said I said this on earlier on a on an earlier show we had that I, you know I th- I like to call Bryce Hopkins Batman and Robin right and Bryce Hopkins right. is Batman obviously and Devin Carter is Robin it would be right. great if we can get those T-shirts designed too if we can get those made <laughs> anyone if anyone listening to this can make us those T-shirts that would be great that would be awesome uh, that's great. kind of my nickname for them but. Devin Carter was the one who stepped up in this game when Hopkins wasn't going. Uh, and Locke added 20 points, which Locke. is awesome. Went five for eight from three. This yep. was his three game. Yep. This was, this was the game that really solidified him being our three guy, like our A.J. Reeves of last yeah. year. This, he really performed. And, I mean, this, this, pretty much the story of, like, these past, like, few games that we've been talking about mm-hmm. is that when one player is not performing at the who's going to step up who's going to do who's going to become that number right. one guy like carter stepping up noah Locke stepping up and you know hopkins was able to perform well in the second half i mean he got 10 points yeah finished with 10 he ended up, take he ended up performing pretty well but i mean yeah but i carter and Locke just phenomenal in this game mm-hmm. and i know i said phenomenal maybe like 25 times but you can never I'm, say it enough I, times i'm just super proud of what we were able to accomplish in this six and oh running the big east yeah um and going off of your batman and robin i know i brought the analogy in um previous episodes of uh the jordan and pippen yep but i don't not there just yet not there, not there maybe just if yet. we win the win the conference yep. we can give them that worthy nickname <laughs> But going off uh, the UConn game, it was really a big momentum boost in morale and confidence right. booster for Noah Locke coming off that 17-point performance, now delivering with 20 crucial points. And Locke just c- continues, and, and when he makes the threes, they're very timely, and you need them, and it gives you a relief, like, okay, we're still in the game, or whatever it may be. And right, it's not over yet. Right. Yep. He's definitely our three guy. Very big game from him against St. John's. Uh, if we didn't have his 20 points, we wouldn't have won the game. So very happy about his performance. AJ or Alan Breed. <laughs> you about to say AJ Reeves. <laughs> I was just about to say AJ Reeves, right? I'm just thinking of Noah Locke. Uh, Breed added 14. But Breed, Breed, I, I, he stepped up in the game uh, without Bynum. Yep. That was a concern. We were like, oh man, what are we gonna do without Bynum? Yep. And Reed, yeah, this was the first game without Bynum fully. Or I said Reeves again. Breed. <laughs> Breed. Um, and what we're seeing so far is a, a continuous trend of when someone isn't on their A game, someone steps up. Yep. And that's what great teams do. So yeah. this was a good win, a narrow win. Uh, I know St. John's folks were, uh, weren't and maybe aren't very happy with Mike Anderson's performance. But uh, just to talk about St. John's briefly, uh, we had a pretty hard time with Soriano mm-hmm. and uh, Corbello. And then uh, Pach Alexander as well. Uh, yeah, that's kind of big, St. John, John's big three. And those were kind of all three guys that contributed to Hopkins being shut down, so to speak. Um, yeah. Soriano's just a huge, like, he's, he's just a beast. Yeah, so. I think Pach Alexander got, like, his, like, first 12 points in, like, the first, like, five minutes. Yeah. So he was no, really, yeah, he, he went was on a run. Fire that game. He went on a run. And St. John's, was, they were coming into this game, they were in a four-game losing streak in the uh, Big East. So. Yeah. They they really wanted to win it and they really they put their all into this game. Yeah, but no I'm just lucky that we were able to sort of creep by and make our way, get our get out of there with the win. Yeah, um, give us a little bit of momentum going into the Creighton away game, which was mm-hmm. a week later. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in this game, we did see like a slow descend 
I don't think that we performed as well as we did against no. UConn. No, 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 but we no, did no. such like a great job coming from behind in the second half. Uh, yeah, and just able to make our way and win. Mm, just like uh, the last like thirty games for this team coming back, or not, well, not coming back, just winning in nail-biting fashion, which puts you on the verge of having a heart attack. But, anyways. Uh, with that being said, that does it for St. John's. And then we had a week off and played Creighton on the 14th. Um, just some pregame thoughts before this. You know, well-rested, uh, coming off, what, 6-0? 6-0, right? 6-0, nine wins. Coming off six straight wins in Big East play, a week off, well-rested. Um, the one concern I had was how well is this team going to play on the road against a qual a team with a, a more quality opponent in Creighton than St. John's or uh, mm-hmm. Seton Hall and, and Butler. Excuse me, that was kind of my one concern because going into it, we were you know well rested, week off, momentum. Uh, I mean, Bynum too was a concern, and he didn't play in this game. But my concern going into it was I could see us losing. I know Creighton has had a down year, but I could see us losing in that environment and on the road and against a quality, more quality opponent. And I'm going to say this about Creighton, and I've said it all year. Their record does not indicate how good of a team they are because they were projected to finish – I think they were projected to finish first in the Big East preseason, mm-hmm. in the preseason poll. And so – and still, Creighton's record is not as good as it indicates and what it says – so, I mean, obviously we, we lost the game. And, you know, quite frankly, I, you know, I was kind of expecting a loss. Mm-hmm. Like, we have these win streaks where it's like six games, nine games, and then you're kind of due for a loss. Right. And I'm, we, I'm, were we were due for it. And I'd much rather have a loss over, with like, much rather have a loss to Creighton than like a DePaul or Butler or Georgetown, you know. So, it was, it was a tough loss. Um, you know, got it. Got outscored forty-one twenty-nine, and in the first half, in the yeah. first half, we being, really just lost the game in the paint. Being down by twelve at the half just put us in like such like a hole. Too big of a hole. And too you know, big of a like hole. We, we were like six feet under. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we, we we couldn't we couldn't really make it back. However, we did tie it up in the second yeah, half. No. Yeah, no. And, and this team gave me hope, and I didn't want it to give me hope. I, I was just like, man, just go down. Just like, yeah. You know, but they, they, they always they, do that to you. They, they always do it to they you. Gave us, they gave us hope. And they actually, they outscored Creighton in the second half, 38 to 32. Mm-hmm. So if we came out a little bit hotter in the first half, a little bit stronger, who knows what the outcome of this game would have been. Um, but they were just able to stop us offensively. And I think that their, their bigs were really just getting by yeah. the paint. I yeah. think you mentioned in the Marquette game and the Creighton game, like we were talking to each other, that we lost the games in the paint. Yep, same and deal here. That, that was like that was like the height differential and like yep. Hawk Brenner. Hawk Brenner killed us in the paint. Yeah. Shireman didn't kill us in the paint, but he killed us for, with, from three. Yeah. Uh, Trey Alexander had a nice game. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there, there were times where – it, it looked like we didn't even like know what a basketball was. No, and there was yeah, so much spacing for Creighton, there. who was always like wide open. I'm yeah. like, where are we? What are we doing? What are we doing? Exactly. And it's like, we we didn't look too organized. No, and, I mean one one factor that that could be was whether we were playing away, mm-hmm. playing in a hostile Omaha. environment. I mean, I, I as you were saying, I think that we were due for a loss yeah. at some point. I mean, nine straight wins is 
like, great for our team. Yeah. 6-0 and in the Big East. Mm-hmm. We were due for one loss. And I was hoping that we could have went 1-1 one and one against Creighton and Marquette. Mm-hmm. That would have been mm-hmm. huge. That would have been huge for, like, the rest of our season going forward. But, yeah, I mean, it is yeah. what it is. I mean, I would take a loss to Creighton anyway yeah. because they're – Especially away, saying, too. Yeah, as you were saying, their record does not show no. how good their team is. No. They are a great team. No. And I expect them to really go far this yeah. season. So. Um, I think it just comes back to we lost the game in the paint, not having enough size and height to match, you know, Kalkbrenner, et cetera. Shireman had a great game from three. But it brings up the question of, like, the margin of error for this team. And although this team is good – and has the potential to be really good. Going into every game, I feel like we have just a certain margin of error. And if Bryce Hopkins isn't going, then, you know, chances are we're going to lose the game. And as we've said on this episode today, like, we've had games, we've had guys step up for Hopkins' absence, whether it be Carter or Locke. But, but still, going into every game, I just feel like Bryce Hopkins has to be at his best every single game in order for us to win. I mean, maybe it's because we win a bunch of close games. But I, I just feel like when he's not at his best, like there's, there's just like a small margin of error for this team, even though like we're good and have the potential to be really good. I don't know if you feel the same way. but Yeah, no, I feel the same way about that. Um, yeah, Bryce Hopkins really does need to be at like, the top of his game. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, I, and we could sort of transition into the Marquette game now. Yeah. Sort of bring like that, you know, sort of tone of like, you know, now we're like depressed really, going, yeah. recapping this Marquette game now. <laughs> Reca- just what this we need. Just, this is fresh in our yeah. fresh in It's our like, ah. Uh, um, yeah, very somber tone talking about Friars' loss. But, yeah. you know, this was our second second straight loss. Moved to 6-2 and two against Marquette. Um, it's tough. Marquette just um, uh, went above us in rankings, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's brutal. They, they were able to get it done. Yep. They were. They were able to get it done. Locke didn't play as well as we've seen him play. He went one for seven at the three-point. I mean, that's sort of unacceptable. Yeah, it's going but, back I mean, to, like, Locke is a, road on the disa- is a disaster yeah. on the road narrative. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, Carter and Hopkins still played a great game. They played, you know, a, a relatively decent game. Mm-hmm. And, and Croswell as well, getting 20 points and seven rebounds. Yep. I mean, they, uh, the game, like, we... <laughs> We, we played okay. Yeah. We played okay. We just, I don't know, we, we couldn't get the momentum, at, like, at all. No. There was never a time where, like, we took the game over, had momentum. Right. I don't even know if we were, like, ahead at all in this game. I like, don't think, I think ever. we trailed, yeah. Like, I, I watched the game from start to we full, did. obviously, and it, it just looked like Marquette had everything falling for Yeah. We, we did. There was one point where we got, like, the, we got the, like, lead, like, closer to, like, th- like three points. Or we get you know yeah yeah so we we got it to within three and Devin Carter went and oh like, turnover well, turnover turn yep. and I think that that was huge that was if we, the if game we made it that was the game one, right there if we made it within one I mean that would have been a yep. completely different you know last minute of play yeah if we were able to make something out of that one mm-hmm. possession that we just sort of just handed yep. over to Marquette but I mean it is what it is we, yeah we learn from it at least we beat Marquette at home. Yeah, split. Team, I'll take so a split. Marquette split. is like a wild card team in the Big East. Like they can be really good or like yeah. right there in the pack, whatever. But they they always have the potential to beat you. So, 
But yeah, we split. Very sneaky team. Yeah, they they just played they played at their A game, Marquette. Yeah, I mean. Just happy we don't have to play them again. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think just take was on top of my head was missing Bynum once again, and even though he doesn't have to score a lot, he's just a leader. Yeah, he's just a veteran. He's a facilitator. I just feel comfortable and relaxed and like I know he's gonna do his job even though he's not gonna score 20 plus points right or a lot of points I just know he's gonna do his job and I just feel confident in him just doing his his role and what's asked of him and just being a facilitator and a floor general and when the ball in his hands is hit is in his hands I trust him to make the right play um but it, it just looked like every shot Marquette had went in for him um and uh, are you able to see how many points they scored in the paint, Marquette? Because that's where we lost the game. That's where we lost the game in the paint, really. Um, I don't know if you can pull it up on ESPN or not, but yeah, I Um, but yeah, we really lost the game in the paint. Like, we need to have a, our big three outscore their dynamic duo, our big three, and we need to get to the free throw line in order to win games. When we're getting to the free throw line, most of the time we win games. When we're letting the other team get in the paint too much or get to the free throw line, that's when most of the time we lose games. Yeah, it's that simple, you know. And obviously, when Hopkins is off too, that usually results in a loss. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hopkins had 19 in this game, so that's a pretty good game right. for him. I think Hopkins was coming off like a sort of an ankle injury. Yeah. Well, yep. But he was. And another thing was like. I saw, I was on Twitter pregame, I saw like, oh, Jaden Pierre isn't playing because of due to an illness, and Corey Ford isn't playing due to an illness. Both of them played. Obviously, I don't know how, like, sick they were or how healthy they were. But, uh, you know, coming off two straight losses, it's kind of a reality check for this team. It's kind of a point where, you know, you're standing at 14-5. and You don't need to panic. Everything's ahead of you. But just get, get back to what... When you get behind them back and get back to what won you games, and it's a simple formula. It is put the ball in your players' best hands in Bryce Hopkins. Yep. Have Devin Carter lock down the other team's best player. Have Noah Locke be consistent three ball wise. Attack down low with Crosswell and Moore. And most importantly, get to the damn free throw line. Yep. Those five things are the recipes for success. And if one, two, three of them go wrong, chances are we lose the game. So it's a very simple formula. It's a very simple recipe. It's something we need to do in each one of our Big East games going forward. It's something we need to show tomorrow against DePaul. Um, we only have six minutes left in anchor, but uh, we can do a quick DePaul preview here in the yeah. six minutes we have left. We're coming back home. Yeah, we're back, back home. Providence. We're back home. I mean, DePaul, DePaul's coming off of a huge yeah, one point win over Xavier. That's huge. Huge for game against Xavier. And I mean, this DePaul team. I mean, since we played them and I think crushed them like by sixteen or fifteen mm-hmm. points yep. like a couple weeks ago, they they beat Villanova for the first time since George Bush was president. That's crazy. That, it's absolutely insane. Wow, how'd you find that stat? Wow. I don't know. I, I just saw it on Instagram. It's you know, pretty cool. Mindlessly scrolling over. Yeah. There. I had nothing better to do. <laughs> but I mean, this DePaul team is really. Yeah, I, are you, are you scared of DePaul? Are you scared of DePaul? Are you worried about DePaul? A little bit. At home? I, I will not. I will not. With lie. fans back now? With students uh, back now? I will not lie. Are you that nervous about DePaul? No, no, no. I, okay, I'm not, I'm not trying to jinx it, but I like a, right. I'm not very worried about it. Like, 
it's a game where coming off two straight losses, the team has got to get back to its identity. It's a get-right game, really, in my opinion, back home mm-hmm. with students, with fans in the building. I expect it to be near a sellout, even though it's versus a, a lesser quality opponent in the Big East. But I think it's a get-right game, and that's kind of what I'm expecting for tomorrow. Um, kind of expecting Hopkins, Carter, Locke, Croswell, et cetera, all to have pretty good games uh, with Hopkins and Carter leading the way. But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, oh, what you said, what you were going to say something? Go for it. Oh, I, I think if we get Bynum back for this game, be a huge, yeah, like, huge boost. Changer. Is he going to be back for this game? Do you uh, know? Sure. I don't know. I got to check. Not but. sure, but he's been out since the UConn, and that's been what three weeks now. Yeah, yeah something, like, something that. like that. But if we could get the starting five: Hopkins, Carter, Croswell, Locke, and Bynum. Mm-hmm. I really I don't see any worries in this team. Yeah, I just I just think it's a get right game in Big East play. Definitely. I mean, I, obviously, I feel more confident in like a Georgetown, but right, right. I think DePaul is better than Georgetown, but I mean, not by like a, a huge right. or enormous amounts. So I think tomorrow is just really a, a get right game. Like the fans are going to be into it. Yeah, the students are back. There. It's going to be an electric environment. Right. It's going to be loud. It's going to be hostile. Yeah. So. And as, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast too. We have went what 20, 28 and one or uh, yeah twenty eight one yeah yeah twenty nine and one one, one in like the last like twenty nine home games mm-hmm. with the one loss being to Villanova last season yeah Gillespie I hit mean, that one shot I I, I it right now. really see us doing pretty well tomorrow yeah I, I expect I, a win I, think, I, I think expect a win be, by ten points it'll at be least a lot, I think it'll be closer I think it'll be like a lot closer okay than sort of what we played them like last time like mm-hmm. I think it'll be like a lot closer in a more competitive game, especially with the momentum that the yep. ball has. But we will see. Yeah, so tell. you're seeing more or so I'm going to guess. So you're kind of seeing like close first half, close second half. Yeah. Rather than like a at home trend of like close first half and like you win the game in the second half. Yeah. Okay. Much. I got you. Man. Yeah. Uh we got two and a half minutes here remaining on anchor before they tell us to get off of here and talk somewhere else. So that's going to do it for us today. Uh, glad to be back. Happy to be podcasting with Rich here. Happy to be given the recaps, previews, all things Providence men's basketball with you guys. Uh, just feels good to be back here. We're going to keep shooting for daily Friday shows, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, but, yeah, it's just it's nice to be back, nice to be podcasting, nice to be back in a routine and see everyone and – just be back in Friartown. So we couldn't be happier. So that's going to do it for us. And uh, look forward to speaking to you next week after the DePaul game. Yeah, happy to be here with you too, Ralph. Nice. Can't wait for the next podcast. Yeah, and yeah next Friday. Yeah, God bless. Go Friars. All right. God bless and go Friars. That's going to do it for us. Thank you, everybody.